Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stride Power Podcast. As always, my name is Evan. Today, I am joined by Stride Ambassador Ian. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Evan? I am fantastic because I get to talk to another runner and learn more about their running background and especially talk about using Stride for training. So I am super pumped. This is part of our ambassador series. This is going to be the first episode featuring Ian, and we are going to hear all about your running background, hear all about kind of how you got into things, and hear about your journey and the stride training plan that you're going to undertake and move your way through. And we're going to do a couple check-in episodes along the way as well. But I am super pumped to be able to talk to you today about running. The first burning question on my mind, and this is one of my favorite things I get to learn about runners, is how did you get into running? What did the start of your running journey look like? So growing up, I've never been athletic, really. Um, I dabbled on skateboarding in, in high school, uh, but I mostly played music. Uh, I played violin and, and guitar um, in, in high school. And how I got into running was um, actually didn't start with running. Back in 2016, uh, my spouse saw that, oh, you know, I might be into rock climbing. So we got a, a couple's rock climbing um, a, a beginner's package. Mm -hmm. So that's how it all started, right? Uh, I, I started doing bouldering and I met my friend Yoshi at a bouldering gym in here in Seattle area. And um, a couple of months in, he asked me, hey, you want to do a Spartan race? I was like, Spartan race? What's that? He's like, oh, it's like climbing monkey bars and things like that. If you can, you know, do bouldering, do rock climbing, if you can do V1, you know, you do great at Spartan. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And then um, he invited me to a trail run. He said, it's part of it, but you got this. It's no big deal. So uh, he, on, on a weekend, he invited me to a local trail on Cougar Mountain. It was, so for context, it was a little bit shy of two miles for, for that particular um, trail. Mm -hmm. And it was 900 feet gain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had no idea what all that meant. He said, oh, you know, it'll probably take like half an hour. I was like, okay, so it's running. We, we need water. So mm -hmm. I brought three bottles of, of water and uh, I, I made a sandwich so we might get hungry. And I put everything in a uh, hiking backpack mm -hmm. to go running. And he showed up and, and I showed up and he asked, are we going picnic today? I thought we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going running. <laughs> so that was my very first time um, doing an, an actual run. Mm -hmm. And so um, a few weeks later, we did the Spartan race. Absolutely destroyed me because I didn't realize there's lifting and, and you know, hopping over things, you know, way more involved than just running and climbing. Mm -hmm. um, and needless to say that the running part didn't go so well for me, <laughs> even though it was only the, the um, sprint distance. It was between three to five miles. Mm -hmm. um, I sprinted for the first 800 meters or so and just ran out of gas. I was like, oh my gosh, this I'm running on mud. It's, you know, I have to 
pull my my feet out what is this, this yeah is so tough. <laughs> it sounds to me like yoshi wanted a competitive advantage when you all went head to head at the at the race and so maybe withheld a little bit of details about how much uh training and preparation that you actually needed before the the spartan race um was this still around uh 2016-ish time so, so so a few years ago was that first sort of race um what did the trajectory after that look like because i feel like there's a common trope among marathoners when you cross the finish line for the first time you say i'm never doing that again and then the itch comes back in some sort of way what did your mindset kind of look like and what was the trajectory after that race yeah so for the trajectory and uh, actually timeline that's probably more relevant. So that all started in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, I ran my first uh, proper 5k in summer of 2017. And then within that first year, I, like many runners, I, oh, I wanted to go further faster. So I did my first 10k and then first half marathon. And by summer of 2018, I, um, so one year of running, I did my first full marathon. Mm, amazing. What was your kind of like thought process seeking out different races? Did you feel like maybe the general idea was, oh, yeah, I'll just do a 5K and then I'll kind of, you know, maybe try and do that. And then you're like, actually, like you just said, you want to go, you know, longer, you want to go faster. Did you look for local races or did you seek out um, like bigger races or do you have friends to run with? What did that kind of look like for you? It was all local races at the time. Um, as far as mindset goes, I really wanted to push my limits to see how far I can go before, you know, things break down. So, yeah. Um, when you were training for these races too, so you mentioned you started bouldering, you had some connections that introduced you to the, the Spartan race. When you were signing up for your own races, were you following a training plan or were you just kind of going out there with a backpack and a sandwich and a couple water bottles and running the same hills and stuff? What did your training look like and where did you go for uh, learning about training and stuff? So for... For first year, uh, for my first marathon, I read the book. I think it's called Eighty Twenty mm -hmm. by Matt, Matt Fitzgerald. Yep, yep. So in there, I learned about uh, low heart rate training and um, easy running. And I remember, so so for reference, I I was about thirty thirty one at the time, and um, by the book, my easy pace was supposed to hover training uh, eight, uh, heart rate around 135 to 145. Mm -hmm. And then um, so I got a, a chest strap and then started measuring my heart rate on my long runs on my 15 mile runs. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm running in the 160s all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really doing this wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, so that was my first template to a more structured training plan. And Fast forward two years, in, in 2019, I ran CIM, and then uh, I actually just ran CIM uh, again in 2021. Mm -hmm. And so for, for those two goal marathons, I used the advanced marathon. What um, maybe drove you 
to continue to seek out stuff because I feel like a lot of people maybe see not necessarily like immediate success, but they might see progression or improvement. Obviously, if within a year you go from running, you know, a 5K to the half marathon, then the next summer you're doing your first marathon. And then the summer after that, you're, or December after that, you're running California International Marathon or CIM. Um, what kind of drove you to continue wanting to maybe improve and then seek out different types of training and stuff? Do you just feel like you had that urge that you just wanted to measure yourself and kind of continue to get better? So my first and formal go, foremost go is to run Boston. Mm -hmm. And um, I I didn't feel that um, the the 80-20 plan really resonated with me in terms of getting a particular time goal. So mm -hmm. I was looking for other recommendations on, on online forums. What do other people use? And um, one of the most popular one was the, uh, the Fitz Singer one, yep. uh, the 18 weeks and 70 miles per week one. Right. So and then it has those long tempos. It has the intervals, the, yeah, the lactate threshold, the runs with the marathon um, stuff. When you were kind of seeking out uh, this sort of like feedback or guidance, maybe from, um, you know, like different internet forums, because the one thing I'll say is runners love to talk about running, whether it's at a group run or whether it's, you know, talking to their family members about the latest thing that they were reading, but especially on the internet, people love to be able to spout off about training stuff. Did you see any mention of using running power or stride training plans or stuff like that? Was there kind of like an idea in your head that made you want to try stride or what was like the first time you heard of that? Was it when you were doing these searches or was it after a race or what was the first time you heard of stride? So the first time I heard about stride was from a YouTuber called Kafuzi, Michael mm -hmm. Coe. Yep. And, um, Every time I watch his uh, running uh, footages, he'll have this little power meter on on his foot, and I was like, "What is that?" And then he will give a detailed breakdown of you know his his racing strategy and and, and pacing and um, and data points and all that. And so that's where I first learned about it. And and he also talked about um, what the what the advantages are using a power meter over a heart rate type. Uh, mm -hmm you know, or a uh, uh, heart rate type effort mm -hmm. or, uh, pacing. And so, so I got my first tripod soon after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, um, it was during the pandemic. So there were no racing, everything got canceled. And I was looking to spice things up since we have, you know, I don't have to pay race entries anymore. So I right. have this extra little um, cash to, to, to spend on other running things. Um, and also I'm, uh, I'm a data junkie too. So I wanted to quant I wanted to look at my performance by, by something that's quantifiable mm -hmm. uh, in terms of metrics. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, at stride, we talk to a lot of people and we've heard a lot of people over the years, uh, talk about maybe, first using a GPS watch and using pace and distance to kind of govern their training plan, their intensity, um, using heart rate 
exactly like you're talking about the 80-20 method. Uh, you can use it with a bunch of different other things, exactly like the Fitzinger um, training plans like you were talking about too. And the one thing that I'm pretty adamant about is that uh, you never really need to like throw away a former training tool, right? Like you don't need to totally ditch pace and distance. You don't need to totally ditch heart rate. But if you're in a position like yourself where you are a self-described data junkie, then just adding a little bit more information about your running really helps you maybe understand the intensity that you're seeking to incorporate. And then uh, maybe the training targets and the race targets when racing eventually comes back like it uh, you know, did for uh, summer, fall of 2021. And now we have a, a little bit more regular racing schedule to can you maybe think back to some of your first runs incorporating stride and running power? What was kind of your mindset or your impression initially or your general thoughts? Because you were very, I would say, accomplished at that point already. And you had used data in your training. What about stride? and maybe running power, uh, can you reflect on and think back to about just starting to incorporate it at the beginning? Yeah, um, in the very beginning, I remember using the power meter by, by wattage. It was very supplemental. Um, it, was, it was a data point that I didn't know how to use. Mm -hmm. And it certainly uh, auto-calculated you know, what my critical power was I think within the first few runs mm -hmm. and gave me the the five different zones of hey easy running you know stick to this stick to this zone anything more you know you're not getting the maximal benefits right. from this run and so I think in the beginning I felt that it was more supplemental and it was it was a number that I did not know how to how to use how mm -hmm. to base my training on. Mm -hmm. And so it was that thing that maybe took a little bit of time to understand and maybe you had to dig a little bit more into the data because I feel like, um, you know, this is something we talk a lot about, uh, you know, at Stride 2, that your pace is just, you know, how fast it or how long it takes you to cover a certain predetermined distance. Your heart rate describes, you know, how many times your heart has been beating in a certain time frame, right? And you can relate that. But then when we start to look at getting really, really into the fine-grained description of intensity, it is a lot to kind of take in, especially for uh, traditional runners. And I would describe myself as a traditional runner. If people are coming from a triathlon or cycling background, they might be used to the bike power meters. But us, you know, through and through runners, we had never heard of power before, right? But the kind of moment where it clicks for you, can you maybe think of an experience or a thought or a moment when you were training when you were like, wait, this is like my power number. And I kind of understand that maybe if I want to run this hard, or if I want to run up a hill at this intensity, this is what my number looks like. Or if I want to run California International Marathon in a certain amount of time, how much wattage do I have to average? Do you have a moment where it clicked in your head and you could think and kind of relate to it a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. I can give you two moments. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One is um, going by the easy pace. Most of us runners know what easy pace is supposed to feel like once, once it's an actual easy pace. So for mm -hmm. me, it's anything above 
uh, to 220 watts. Mm -hmm. I think that's like 80% of my critical power. Mm -hmm. Then I'm creeping into the gray zone. And right. so after, after running a while and look at my data after the run, and then I'll know, oh, I'm, you know, I ran 223 watts today. No mm -hmm. wonder it felt really labored. Mm -hmm. and, and on some of the routes, they were, there were a couple hills and, mm -hmm. Before using a stride, I didn't run hills properly, especially on like easy or recovery runs. And so on the next one, I said, aha, I know what to do. I'll flip to that screen and see what am I actually doing. Um, I, the, the pace was probably around 8.30 or so, or maybe mm -hmm. in, in the eights. And then so I, as soon as I go up that hill, I try to maintain that pace. And I looked at my power meter. It spiked like 80 watts. I was like, mm -hmm. oh. That's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of us could maybe feel that like intrinsically and internally, right? Like if we're starting out a race and maybe we're going out a little faster than we should, you, you know that. You can feel that if you're running up a hill on an easy day and you're not holding back properly, you can, you can feel that. But then when you start to tie a number to it, especially a number that is more personal to you and you can use across all types of terrain and training, that's when it becomes just valuable day to day and not just on race day, not just on workout day. Um, to the next kind of question or thing that I was curious about is that your kind of like progression of maybe incorporating power more. So um, you said initially you were just kind of collecting that data, which I think is actually a fantastic approach um, for, you know, the Stride ecosystem to just build up more and more data points about you. Uh, that's the most important thing. But then eventually you start incorporating little things like, okay, I know that, you know, your easy wattage is 220 watts. And when you start to creep above that, that's when you, um, you know, really shouldn't be pushing that intensity higher. When did you decide to maybe uh, turn towards incorporating stride or running power a little bit more seriously for training plans and then racing goals as well. Because um, if people listening aren't following uh, the stride Instagram page, we recently announced Ian alongside a few other ambassadors. Um, but if you go to Ian's, uh, you know, Instagram that we'll plug at the beginning here, uh, I loved a couple of your comments and a couple of the things you specifically cited about how the race power calculator um, predicted, you know, the wattage and the time within certain ranges and then just being able to incorporate it. So what I'm really curious about is that mindset or that moment when you thought about incorporating stride a little bit more into your training routine and what that kind of shift or conscious decision looked like for you, if you can remember back to, to that time and the reasoning as to why you started incorporating that in your training. Absolutely. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been using Stride since uh, August of 2020 in the pandemic, and it's collected a lot of my running data. And But it's only and most recently I started racing with Stride. Mm. Um, and the reason of that is because I looked over in my past marathons and, and half marathons. The race predictor is spot on. It, I remember going into uh, the last CIM uh, four months ago. It predicted my race time would be 
around 255 so mm -hmm. i was at that type of fitness but it did not account for the uh the downhill aspect mm -hmm. of the marathon mm -hmm. so it had a uh, margin of error about five minutes or so give or take um plus and minus five minutes and it was spot on i was like oh my gosh and and then i started digging into more of my solo time trial uh, mm -hmm. during the, the um pandemic times and it's really accurate and so um in this year i started racing more 5Ks. I did two time trials and then two in-person uh, races. And I realized that I don't know how to run a 5K anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I do? I look at Stride because it knows me so well. And um, when I did the time trial, I would start out, they're all 5Ks, so I did four 5Ks, mm -hmm. um, one every other week. So the, in, in the first two I just fall, fell off really short. I, I have the muscle memory in my legs when I started going. M my critical power is about 278 or so. Mm -hmm. And Stride predicted my race should go at 291, so well above my critical power zone and as well above my comfort zone for, right. for that marathon-type effort, right? So in the first 400 meter, 800 meters or so, I would – go out super strong because I've done the, the repetition type uh, interval training. So I mm -hmm. know how to run a 400. And afterwards, I started falling back to something more comfortable and my legs, something that my legs know I wouldn't bonk at. So, right. And I looked at my stride meter and my wattage felt way short. Yeah. So for, for the last two in-person race, uh, race events, I started looking at my watch about half a mile in and then that's when i realized oh i need to pick up my pace to to meet my goal to run a a good 5k mm -hmm. so that was really the uh, turning point for me and it wasn't even necessarily a change in fitness because it was over this kind of eight week time span like you mentioned every other week it really is just a change of execution and how you decided to intentionally incorporate, you know, some data that you've just been collecting and reference it. You know, it doesn't have to be a marathon, doesn't have to be a half for a 5k. You can still tell yourself, well, no, I know, you know, based on all the data that I've been able to collect over all my training, I should be able to hit this. And you just go out and you run to that instead of um, going out a little too hard and then easing back and then maybe picking it up right at the end too. So that experience and that execution is really um, that big change there. The question I have, you mentioned looking at your watch, what type of watch do you run with when you are out there running? So I have a Forerunner 945. Nice. It's by Garmin. What made you pick that as the type of watch that you wanted to wear when you were running? Yeah. So my spouse actually got this for me for Christmas uh, about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I had a Phoenix 5 watch, also by Garmin. Mm -hmm. So he did some research, and and then at the time, it was the best running watch, Forerunners, mm -hmm. with, with some triathlete uh, apps and, and functions. Right. When I first, when I took this watch to my first run, it's so much lighter than the, the Phoenix watches. Um, about two miles in, 
I thought I had lost my watch because it was winter time and I couldn't see my watch for the most part. And I was like, oh no, it's a brand new watch. I just lost it. But um, that was that was why I, uh, I'm using the watch I use today. Yeah, some of the best technical and you know technology accessories are the ones you get from gifts, especially from uh, family that knows how important running is to you. That's always, um, you know, that message behind that gift is, is always great. To, um, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit too, and ask maybe about the next training plan um, that you are targeting. What's your next goal, and what type of training are you going to be doing, and what is the sort of inspiration or thing you're looking forward to over the next however many weeks your training plan is going to cover? Yeah, so. My next goal race is a half marathon uh, up in the Seattle area. It's called Evergreen Half. Mm -hmm. And I'm using the Stride half marathon training plan. And they actually have different options. So I was I was trying to pick and choose which one would fit me the best. Mm -hmm. And um, they have, you can decide whether either you work out or either you do running on a four-day week five day or six days. Mm -hmm. So normally I try to take two days off to do strength training. So I picked a five, uh, five days per week option. And uh, with the relatively speaking, low mileage uh, training plan. Mm -hmm. What are you looking forward to? Or what do you hope to accomplish over the course of the training plan? Because you mentioned you ran 255 at California International, which is also the course that I ran my personal best at. I love that course. It's so fun. And the race atmosphere is just totally different than any other course out there, I feel like. But obviously, if you feel like, you know, in December of last year, which is only a few months away, you ran a very good marathon, you must be in pretty good shape and ready to tackle a good half marathon training block. So what are your kind of goals and motivations? Yeah, my goal is to break 120. And for past two years or so, I haven't really been focusing anything other than the marathon distance. And so like the threshold type of effort is is still a great challenge to me. Mm -hmm. So what I'm looking for in the Strive training plan is uh, something more specific to tempo runs, uh, tempo intervals, and uh, threshold pace or uh, critical power base uh, right. intervals to really sharpen my fitness at, at that particular type of effort. And yeah, my goal is to break 120 at the half marathon distance. Amazing. I love that. Um, the last question I have is actually a question for you to pose a question to your future self. What would you like your future self to answer when we do a check-in a few weeks from now. So maybe we get halfway through the training plan. What do you wanna know from future Ian about anything uh, related to you know, your, your training plan or anything about how training is going and stuff? Sure, yeah. So first and foremost, how is training going? You know, now that you're a few, months, a few weeks in, how's training and how's training by power? And secondly is, What's your critical power now? Has it improved? <laughs> I feel like that's 
you know, maybe a future stride feature too, where you can always look back in the mobile app or look back on Power Center and see what your past historical trends has been. Uh, but we could maybe do a little crystal ball to try and predict what some store, uh, what you know, what some of that data might might look like too. And that could be a a, a sort of fun incorporation of that stuff um, too. Ian, I want to thank you so much for coming on. We are so excited to follow along your journey. I am so pumped to see you crush the 80 minute barrier in the half. Um, for people listening, if they want to follow along with your journey, do you have uh, any social media pages where you post about your running that people can follow along and kind of see what's going on in your training and training plan? Absolutely. I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is Wendelo. It spells W-U-N-D-U-L-O. Awesome. We post, we post about it on the Stride Instagram as well. So if uh, people want to go there and click through uh, to Ian's profile, you can see all the fantastic running photos and all the great training updates. Ian, thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. We look forward to keeping track of your progress. And we are very much looking forward to our next episode where we get to sit down and get a recap of how things are going. For now, that ends this episode and we'll be back with another one shortly. Take care. Bye-bye.